0: Today, we are finishing our series, Baggage, Baggage. We're wrapping that up today. And the title of my message for you is Staying Free, Staying Free. I have to open this message up with a little confession of uh, one of my biggest fears. And it's silly, I'll I'll admit it now, but it's, it's one of my fears. I have this crazy fear of being dogpiled. I don't know what it is, maybe I, I don't know if I'm the only one, maybe I'm the only one in the whole room, and that's fine, but there's just something about being on the bottom of that pile of humanity that I just can't stand. I mean, I'll start throwing elbows, I'll start throwing punches, I'll just, I will do whatever I can to get up from, out from underneath that. I can't stand the feeling of of being trapped, I, I can't stand it. If I'm ever a part of dogpiling one of my friends, when everybody else is running to tackle them and jump on them, I'm the dude jogging in the back, you know, I'm the dude who's like... Just kind of taking it easy, you know, get there, just kind of fake the jump, don't even really get on and just be like, all right, everybody up, everybody up, everybody, you know? It's just, I can't take it, I can't stand it. It drives me crazy. I just kind of lose it. And here is the thing. I think many of us came into this series with that same feeling that I have at the bottom of a dog pile. We felt like there were things on top of us, things that were weighing us down, burdens that we were carrying. And we had that feeling like we're never going to get out from underneath these things like we're trapped and there's nothing that we can do about it and what has been amazing in this series is all of the stories and all of the testimonies about how God has brought us freedom from this baggage and for some of us it has been the baggage of sin and the shame that we carried and maybe we kind of hid that and we were ashamed of what we've done and maybe not everybody knew about it we kind of but we've brought those things to the Lord and we've put those bags down and we've said God take this from me I want to be free and god has worked miracles in lives maybe it was baggage you've been carrying with you for years from childhood and the family dynamics and situation you grew up with and it caused you hurt and it caused you pain and you've been carrying that and then you carried that into your own marriage and that caused troubles there and then you had even more baggage and but you've taken it and you've given it to god you said god I want to be free, and God has brought freedom into your life, whether it's relational baggage or whether it's emotional baggage that we've been carrying, God has set us free. It has been amazing to see what God does in people's lives in this series on baggage. I want to read to you from the Word of God today, from Galatians chapter number 5, verse 1, a scripture that will help us see where we need to go with this message today. The Bible says, Galatians chapter number 5, verse 1, So Christ has truly set us free. Somebody say amen. So Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free and do not get tied up again in slavery to the law. When the Apostle Paul wrote these words, he was speaking to a group of people that had carried this burden on their shoulders for years, for generations. And it was a burden of standards that were set so high, nobody could ever live up to them. It was rules, it was regulations. Nobody could ever do this. Everybody kept failing. It was impossible. They carried this burden. And Paul was saying to them, you've come to Jesus and Jesus set you free so that you could be free. But they had picked up those burdens and those bags again and they begin to carry them once again. And he is speaking to them and God is speaking to you And to me today from Galatians chapter five, verse one. So Christ has set you free. You put the bags down and you just got to take these things. I don't want them anymore. And what God is saying is stay free. We face an unfortunate reality as people who follow Christ. Just as much as there is a God who loves you and who cares for you, there's an enemy that hates you. Just as much as there's a God who loves your soul, there's a devil, there's an enemy who hates your soul. Just as much as God wants you to be free, the devil wants you to be bound and carry that baggage. And the truth is, he's going to come against us. He is going to bring a counter attack against the newfound freedom that you have in Jesus Christ. He's going to come against you. He's going to do anything that he can to get you to pick that baggage back up, to get you to carry it with you again. And here's the thing, I want you to hear our heart, I want you to hear God's heart in this series. It is not just about becoming free, it's about staying that way. It's not just about becoming free, it's about staying free. But I want us to know, staying free is not automatic. Staying free is not a given, but it is possible. It's not automatic. We have to put in a little work. We've got to put in effort. We've got to do some things. It's not a given, but it is possible. So I want to speak to you from this question. How can I stay free? How can I stay free? Here we go, here we go. Number one, when the devil comes against us, he's going to bring an attack against our freedom. How can we stay in the freedom that God has given us? Number one, admit your need for God. This is not easy. We don't like to ask for help. I know I don't. Maybe you're like me. I'm stubborn when it comes to asking for help. If I buy something and I need to put it together, I'm not reading the directions. I feel like I can do that. I don't need a GPS. Some of you guys know, you know what I'm talking about. Some of you wives can't stand it. You're lost and you know you're lost, you know, and he's driving all over the place and you just look on the iPhone, you know, just look it up, you know. No, I can do that. We don't like to ask for help sometimes. It's not easy to ask for help. But when the devil comes against us, when he brings that attack, we're only gonna survive, we're only going to make it through if we admit our need for God. Here's what the Bible says. This is an important verse of scripture. It's actually found in scripture at three different places. How many of you parents know, and when you grew up, your parents did this to you? When, When you're a parent and you repeat something to your children over and over and over again, It's because it's important, you know? It's because you're trying to get it through what sometimes can be kind of a thick skull, you know? And God has to do that sometimes maybe with us. And so God is being very parental here in this moment. In James chapter number four, verse six, here's what God says in his word. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Here's what the devil wants. The devil wants you to be prideful. The devil wants you to be arrogant. The devil wants you to try to do it on your own. He's gonna lie, he's gonna cheat, he's gonna steal to get you to arrogantly act as though none of us need any help. But when we allow ourselves to become that way, it puts us in a place of opposition to God. And and that keeps God at, at arm's length. He is no longer able to help us because our pride, our inability or lack of desire to ask for help is keeping God over here. But when we are humble and when we admit our need for God, he is able to help us because God helps the humble. God helps the humble. I did a wedding a couple of months ago for some good friends of mine. It was an exciting time. It was so awesome. But I wound up being in a very frustrating situation with the sound man for this wedding. And I'm the minister who is officiating the ceremony. And so I want it to be perfect for them, right? You know what it, You know how it is. You wanted everything to go smooth. You want everything to go right. So at the rehearsal the day before the wedding, I'm going through everything with the sound man, because weddings have, you know, things that have to happen according to, you know, what music is playing, and when, you know, the parents are coming down the aisle to be seated, this song is supposed to play. When the bridal party comes down the aisle, this song is supposed to play. And when the bride comes down the aisle, this song is supposed to play. Everybody with me? He wasn't getting it. I'm trying to tell him, I'm like, no, you need to fade this song out here and you need to pull this, you know, start this song here. And it's just, it's not happening. And So we work through it and we kind of, you know, get t- to a place where it's like, okay, we're, we're done for now. And the, the day of the wedding has come and, and it's almost time for the ceremony. I'm like, let's go over this one more time, you know. So I go back to the sound man and I'm just like, man, you know, I'm like, let's go through this just one more time, right. And I get about six words out of my mouth and he goes, I got this. I started it again. I got about four words out of my mouth. And he goes, Man, I got this. That's when I had to start praying in my heart. I'm like, Father God, Lord Jesus. <laughs> you better take him home before I send him, you know. I started again. I wanted to be right. I wanted it to be perfect. And he kind of reaches up and pats me on the shoulder. He kind of lean back and he goes, Man, I got this. I'm like, what is this? What did you just? Anybody ever give you the, you know, the just, just, just step on, you know, just move on. The, just the, just the, just the, man, I, I, I got this. I'm like, boy, I used to have an anger problem and the devil is about to use you to bring it back right now. I'm about to go Denzel Washington on this boy from Remember the Times. I'm like, boy, you must be outside your mind. You're gonna to have to help me. I don't even need to tell you. He messed up everything. He didn't jacked up the whole wedding. There wasn't anything in that wedding that happened according to the music that was supposed to be played. I got this. Man, you don't. You don't have this. But how many times has God been there for me? Has God been trying to help me? He's been trying to teach me. He's been trying to instruct me, and I arrogantly gave God the. I got this. How many times? Have we been trying to live for the Lord? And he's been trying to there to hold us and to help us and to walk with us. And because we weren't willing to be humble, we essentially gave God the, I got this. I can do this on my own. God opposes the proud. God can't help us when we live arrogantly that way. But he gives grace, he gives grace, he gives grace to the humble. When we're humble before the Lord, he will give us what we don't deserve and could never earn. He'll help you through. But we have to be willing to admit our need for God. But the devil's coming. I mean, he's coming. If we'll remain humble, God can help us. But he is gonna lie to you. He is gonna do anything he can to get you to pick those bags back up and walk with them through life again. He does not want you to be free. I have a friend named Jerry who told it, be an incredible story. It's a difficult story to tell. But he told a story about how last February, his life fell apart, February of 2010, when he found out his dad had a past of sexual abuse with his sisters. And his life all of a sudden was flooded with anger and pain and confusion and questions. And as he tells the story, it's so incredible to hear because he's saying, I brought these bags. I brought these things that nobody can carry. Nobody can deal with things like that. I brought them to God and I placed them before him. And the story he tells is that God brought healing to his life. God brought freedom from that anger that was getting uncontrollable as his parents separated and then divorced. God worked in his life and brought healing to him. It's an amazing story. But as he goes on to tell it, February of this year, just a couple of months ago, his father had his trial. And he said at the the trial, as the story is being told, as the events are being recounted, he's saying the, the, the pain, it was like the anger, it was like the emotion, the frustration, the bitterness, it was like it all came flooding back into my heart. It was like just this avalanche just fell on top of me again. And he's going, what, what did I do? He's going, how did this happen kind of a thing? And he really, he had two questions for me. One, he said, is there something wrong with me? Because God set me free and now I'm dealing with these things again. And he said, did I fail God? Because he set me free. And now I'm dealing, I'm struggling with these things again. The answer to his questions is a resounding, resounding, resounding no. There is nothing wrong with you. No, you have not failed God. God knows that you're human. He knows that the devil is attacking you. He knows how the devil lies and cheats and tries to tell you that, see, you're not good enough. See, there's something wrong with you. See, God can't help you. He's trying to tell you that God set you free, but now you're dealing with that again and he's trying to cast doubt in your mind. See, you know, God really can't help you or now you failed God. How are you gonna go back to him? How are you gonna take this back to him? Again, the devil lies. God knows that those are lies from the enemy. And it doesn't matter what it is for you. Maybe you're dealing with pain and and anger and, and the ways that you're dealing with that is that you turn to impure relationships and became sexually active and, and maybe it was drugs, maybe it was alcohol, maybe it was pornography, maybe you just had so many troubles and you, you didn't know how to, to get through them and you tried to comfort yourself with with food and then you were literally just destroying your body in those things. Listen, when the Lord sets you free and then the devil attacks you again and you begin to relive those struggles, you begin to relive those temptations and those emotions, God knows what's going on on he knows you're under attack and he can help you if you humbly go back to him and say god i need you just as much as i needed you that day i need you today and i've needed you that much every day in between god i need you every day every hour every moment god helps the humble he helped jerry he can help you The devil is going to attack you. He is going to come. He'll use anything. He used this, you know, sound man at a wedding or whatever to make me mad. He'll use anything to get to you. He'll use a song. You're doing well. You're free. Turn things over to God. You're just driving down the road, living in God's freedom. Everything's fine. Then you click on the radio, and out comes one of those songs. It was your song, you know, from a past relationship. And your world was fine. You flipped on that radio, and the velvet, smooth vocals of Barry White came pouring out of the speakers. You're talking about, "You're the first. My last. My everything." He'll use anything. You're trying to have Disney night, you know, with your family or whatever, and everything's fine. And then Elton John has to start singing, "Can you feel the love tonight?" And you're crying in the back of the room, No I can't feel the love. She's gone. She's gone. He'll use anything to get to you. You're doing great. You've been living free and then you open up that cabinet to find a healthy snack and there's a Twinkie sitting there in the back of that cabinet. You don't even know where that Twinkie came from. The devil put that Twinkie in your cabinet. Use anything. Just go on over. You spike that Twinkie into the garbage can, amen. he use anything. I'm just kidding. The devil doesn't put Twinkies in your cabinet. I'm just kidding. He'll use anything to get to you. That's why staying free Is not a given. It's not automatic, but it is possible. But we have to admit our need for God. Number two, number two, become accountable to others. Become accountable to others. We have to learn to be honest with other people about our struggles. And man, that's not easy. And we all like, can we go back to point one? I like one. You know, it's like, can we just rewind the tape here for a minute? You know, that was, that was nice. It's not easy to be that honest. It's not easy to allow yourself to be vulnerable and to open up and share your life and your struggles with somebody else. But here's what the Bible says. God speaks to us in this situation. He speaks to us as we struggle with being that honest and struggle becoming accountable to other people. Here's what he says to us. Galatians chapter number six, verse two. Carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Jesus is speaking to us, and he's speaking very strongly. He's saying, you need other people to walk with you through life. God is saying, don't try to do it on your own. Carry each other's burdens. It's strong language. He says, you will, by doing this, fulfill the law of Christ. God is putting extreme importance on this area of our life. We need to be accountable. I know with my struggles in life, it has been a huge strength and encouragement. It has been a key to dealing with the counterattack of the devil in my life to be able to have people to be accountable to. I kind of jokingly said it in, the, in that opening story about the wedding that the sound man was about to you know, bring back my anger problem. Well, there's kind of some truth there. I really used to struggle with being angry, bad. That's how I dealt with things. And, and maybe you're there too. Maybe you're with us online and and you've dealt with that as well. And anger is just how you have dealt with things, that was the funnel through which you put things. That's what I did. When I just couldn't deal with stuff or had stuff I couldn't handle, I just got mad. One time I was really upset. I'd I'd been hurt by a friend of mine. We were great friends. We hung out all the time. You know how it is. You, You spend a lot of time together. Everything's good. You hang out all the time, all the weekends. You're doing stuff together and you're helping each other out and you're going through life. A strong, good friendship I had with this guy. Then he got a girlfriend. (laughs) I I really never saw him again. You know what I mean? Just just kind of. It was cool, man. We were hanging out. He's like, now I got a woman. Peace. (laughs) You know. And maybe that's a little bit of an over, you know, dramatization of it. That I never saw him again. I mean, I did, but we never really hung out anymore. I lost a friend. How many know that hurts? It's hard to have somebody who was there for you, who kind of walked with you and they just kind of abandoned you. And I was mad. And One time we were at church and he and I kind of were angry with each other and I'm angry and he got mad and then I got even madder. And here's what I would do. When, I, when it would get too much for me, i just leave. When I get too mad, i just walk out. So that's what I did. I'm just gonna leave, forget it. And as I'm leaving the room, it, the, the, the door was w- swung outward from the room I was leaving and I could see as I was going that it wasn't quite pulled shut. There's a little bit of a gap. So instead of like a normal, sane human being, you know, just pushing the door open like this, I, of course, have to go rocky on the thing. And as I'm going out, I just rear back and I punch the door on my way out. It's okay. You can laugh at my stupidity. That's dumb for two reasons. It's dumb, number one, because if that's a solid wooden door, I'm gonna break my fool hand on it. Number two, if it's a hollow core door, I'm going to put my hand clear through it. And that's exactly what happened. So now I'm standing in a hallway with a door on my arm. (laughs) Looking like a complete idiot. And as you know, you push your hand through a door like that and the wood splinters out like this. And I had to pull my hand back through the door. And so the splinters are digging in and sticking out of my hand. Blood's running. It looks like something out of a comic book. or like, I don't even know how to describe it. But I walked into the kitchen at the church, you know, and it's like people start fainting. They're like, you know, it's like you know. What I, mean? I mean, it's just blood just running down. I mean, it's crazy. That's how I used to deal with things. I'm so thankful to God that I had a friend named Van. He's one of my good friends even to this day. At that point in my life, he was my youth pastor. And he sat down with me and he listened to my story. He listened to my pain. He listened to what was going on in my life and what my struggles were. He listened. He helped me. He prayed with me, he walked with me, he made himself available so that the next time I started to feel that kind of anger coming on, I could call him up, I could stop by his house, I could meet with him, I could share with him. He could help me carry my burdens through life. Listen, that scripture is not just for me what God did in my life through him and the encouragement and the strength and the help that he was to me in getting through those things and getting past those struggles, that scripture is not just for me. It's for all of us. God wants you to have people to carry your burdens with you through life. Whatever they are, whatever your struggle is, whether it's anger, it's pains and hurts, it's addictions, it's sex, it's drugs, whatever it is, God does not desire that you would walk alone. And we can't walk alone because the devil's going to attack us. Because the devil's gonna come. He doesn't take breaks. He doesn't take time out. He doesn't hit the pause button. He's coming against you. He wants to destroy you. We need to become accountable open and honest with others. And you can do that. You got family, friends that you can trust. You can share your life with them. That's what our church family is for. People's Church is a place where you can connect with other Christians, other people walking with the Lord and share your lives with one another and and, and carry one another's burdens. You can get connected here at the church in one of our community groups. You can go online, peopleschurch.tv. And you can see the list of our community groups. You can find one that's near you and go hook up with those people and begin to get to know people, begin to build relationships and friendships and begin to share your life and pray for others and they can pray for you. You can join one of our summer activity groups today. You can sign up in the lobby before you leave when the experience is over. You can connect with people, build relationships. The summer groups are based on interest. So you can go hang out with people who are interested in the sport that you like or the craft that you like and enjoy. Whatever it is, get connected with people carry each other's burdens don't try to do it alone don't try to do it alone become accountable to others the devil is going to attack and listen staying free is not a given it is not automatic but it is possible but we've got to admit our need for god we've got to become accountable to others and number three Number three, we have to understand that our commitments need connection. Our commitment needs connection. Throughout this series, we have made incredible commitments to God. We've come to the Lord and we have laid down our baggage. We said, God, I'm not carrying these things anymore. We've taken off the backpack and we put it here and that was my shame, God. And here's these bags of, of the emotional hurt that I've been carrying, God. And here's the other things I used to turn to for help. Here's, here's God, the, the, the impure relationships that I used to have. Here's, here's the addiction to, to, to overeating and drugs and alcohol. Here it is, here it is. God, we've made commitments. God, I'm not living that way anymore. God, I'm not doing that anymore. God, I'm not carrying that anymore. We have made commitments. God, I'm not going to do these things anymore. And what I want us to see, is that if we make commitments to God, but we don't stay connected to God, then our commitments don't have the strength to survive. Your commitment needs connection. We cannot do this on our own strength. It is one thing to admit, God, I need you. It is another thing entirely to stay plugged in to God to actually take the steps to stay connected to him so that he can bring strength into our lives. Here is what the Bible says. Philippians chapter number four, verse 13, an incredible verse of scripture. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. I can do this, I can do this, I can survive, I can make it, I can turn it over to God, I can have his freedom, I can remain in his freedom but I can't do it on my own. I need the strength of my Lord Jesus in my life because through him and his strength, I can do everything. I can do everything. Here's what it's like. Let me illustrate it for you this way. Today, we're gonna be this power strip. This is me, this is you. We make commitments before the Lord we say, God, I'm gonna honor you with my body. Maybe I've had impure sexual relationships before, but I'm turning that over to you. I'm asking for forgiveness. I'm asking for you to bring purity to my life. I commit to honor you with my body, God. And we commit to the Lord that way. We make commitments to the Lord. We stand at an altar, commit to God before the Lord. God, I'll be faithful to my spouse. It's this person for the rest of my life and that's it. We make that commitment before the Lord. We make the commitment to honor God with our finances. We say, God, I'm gonna tithe. I'm gonna give 10% of my income to you. Of everything that I receive, I'm gonna give 10% to you. I'm gonna give above and beyond that, Lord, in offerings out of love to you. Because I trust you, God that I'll be able to get through, that I'll be able to get by on what's left because it's all from you anyway. God, I'm gonna honor you. I'm gonna honor you with my finances. I'm gonna take that step of faith. We make that commitment to the Lord. We say, God, at work, I'm gonna honor you. Everybody else will lie and cheat to get the promotion, to get ahead, to get the pay raise, but God, I'm gonna do it right. I'm gonna be a person of integrity. I'm gonna be a person of character, of good character. God, I'm not gonna do those things. I'm gonna trust you with my future. I'm gonna trust you to advance my career. I'm gonna trust you to provide for me. I'm not gonna take it into my own hands, God. I'll commit to you. And We make these commitments to the Lord and then to bring strength, to bring power to our commitments. We live like this. And it just doesn't work because we have no outside source of strength. We have no outside source of power beyond ourselves. It does not work for you to try to bring the strength to the commitments that you've made to God in life from within, from yourself. We need an outside source of power. It doesn't work when we try to do it on our own. We need the Lord. And when we get connected to the Lord, it works. It works. It works. It works. It works. Here is what the Bible says. What the Bible says Second Corinthians chapter twelve verse nine. Each time he said, This is the Lord speaking, My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. And then the writer of this scripture says, so now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. There is no shame in admitting that you can't do it on your own. There's no shame in admitting I don't have the strength. There is no shame in accountability with the struggles you face in life. God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. He helps those who will admit, God, I need you. He helps those who will become accountable, to other people, as we open up our lives to other people, that opens the opportunity for God to use them to help us. And if we'll understand that our commitment needs connection, the Lord can bring his strength into our lives. And we can boast in our weakness. Yeah, I can't do it, but my God can. And when the devil comes against you, and he will, you can stand, you can remain free. You can live out the freedom you have. You don't ever have to pick these bags up again for the rest of your life. But to do that, you've got to prepare yourself for the attack of the enemy that's coming and admit that you need God. Become accountable to other people and stay connected to the Lord to bring strength to those commitments. So that leaves us with this. How do I connect with God? If my commitments need the strength of God through a connection with him, how do I do that? Well, one, you do that through being faithful to God's house, being faithful to church. Come here and worship the Lord. Hear from God's word. He will strengthen you. He will bless you. It's a place where you can pray and call out on God. It's a place where you can receive prayer from other people. Remain faithful to God's house. Be in church. Another way is through your prayer life. By communicating with God on a daily basis. You connect with God by communicating with God. The primary way we communicate with God is prayer. We call out on God. The primary way that God speaks to us in that conversation is through his word. We call out to God in prayer. God calls out to us in scripture. That's the primary way that that takes place. So every day, commit some time to praying, to going before the Lord, to getting into his words. Let your life be built on that foundation. The foundation of connection with God, because God wants you to stay free, so Christ has set us free. Stay that way by admitting you need him, opening up your life and becoming accountable to others, and staying connected with the God who can give you strength to keep the commitments.